everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. As soon as Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount, he gets down from the mountain and proves that he is who he says he is. There's literally no question that he has authority over literally everything, and Matthew chapter 8 shows us exactly that. It's like the floodgates kind of come open as soon as he's done talking uh, with all these people. It's like all the crazy is just like unleashed. And Jesus is, I mean, faced with it, not because he's not equipped, but like ready to take on his ministry and show his power. I was saying earlier that like most of what we've read and heard about him is all this like preparation. And then he sort of like speaks about his authority in the chapters we just read. And now he is showing his authority and the things that he's able to do, which is, I think, pretty cool. It, it would be wild to like imagine your pastor preaching this really powerful sermon about the power of God through you. And then he gets down from the stage and just starts, yes, you are healed. Yes, you are healed. Oh, demon, get out. I feel like I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, certainly there are those there are those who <laughs> pretend like that is true. And there's no denying that that is a real thing. Uh, yeah. But there are also those that actually practice the power of God. I, I believe that we still have the ability today to heal people and drive demons out from people. I also recognize that there are people that take advantage of that and they give a performance instead of the true... kind of like what like, we talked about the other day, exactly. right motivation. Yes. And I mean, there's people that fake it too. Like mm-hmm. there's people that fake it to make money. There's no question. Which would say they have bad motivation. Just because there are groups of people that fake it doesn't mean it's not real. Okay. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Uh, and I think that is an interesting thing. This isn't really what Matthew 8 gets into, um, but I think it is easy to get into camps like, yes, miracles are real, so every miracle is real. No, miracles are not real, so all miracles are not real. Like, I don't think that's healthy um, because Jesus goes around performing miracles. The disciples go around performing miracles. The apostles go around performing miracles. Yeah, and I think we see that in other chapters too. I think what is hard for some people to wrap their minds around is that when I hear that Jesus is doing it, it's like, well, yeah. Of course, like I don't doubt mm-hmm. that in any way, um, but it's when other people outside of Jesus start doing it that I question, like I really do have a hard time with that and discerning what is true and what is not. I don't know. My heart gets very cynical. Just very because quickly. someone takes advantage of something and manipulates something doesn't yeah. mean that the whole thing is fake. And yeah. that is something that I I have definitely fallen into that. It's been mm-hmm. like, oh, I've been around people that fake that. I do not want to be part of that at all. And mm-hmm. it's like, ah, oh, that's not real. You can't just discount every miracle. Right, right. Um, because you'd be discounting the miracles that Jesus performed. And we believe that Jesus really did heal uh, the guy that was working with the centurion. We believe that he really did heal Peter's mother-in-law. We believe that he really did calm the storm. Like, you, you get it. I don't have to go through the whole list, I guess. We <laughs> try to keep them short. But um, there's a lot going on in Matthew 8. And I believe the big thing that's going on in Matthew 8 is that Jesus is immediately proving his authority. And Matthew is writing about it to teach his Jewish audience mm-hmm. that this is who um, the, the law and the prophets have said would come. And I wondered too, like I think about the Pharisees. So at this point, they probably like, they probably have him on his radar. Like they've heard about him. Like, what's this guy talking about? Because yeah. people in the previous chapters were like astonished that he was not, um, he wasn't a scribe. He wasn't just like 
citing those other sources. He was just speaking with authority. And now, now that he's actually doing these things, uh, I wonder how much the Pharisees were getting more and more uncomfortable. Like, holy cow, this guy is actually legit and i don't know how to explain any of it well he just got done in matthew 7 like calling him a bunch of hypocrites yeah yeah i guess he'd be on the radar so he <laughs> he was on the radar for that and then he heals um this this guy that's working with the centurion so, mm-hmm. so we need to break that down a little bit yeah this, this story definitely sticks out this centurion is not a jew and he comes to Jesus and says, you have the authority to heal people. I know authority when I see it because I have it. And I know. And that's know. so interesting because like when you, when we were talking about this earlier, it was like, to me, you kept saying, well, he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't a Jew. I'm like, well, why does that matter? I don't totally get that. But like his background would not have lent itself to even understanding who Jesus was yes. or what he was up to. So God clearly revealed himself to this man. Um Also, you have to understand in the first century, especially the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were not really accepting of other cultures. I mean, like, like the Samaritans would be like another subset of kind of Jews and they hated them. So like they even had cultural pieces in common. They couldn't stand. They were like weird cousins. So (laughs) they were not. And I, I guess sometimes in modern Christianity, we are a little like, like, there have been huge missionary movements where we're like, we want all the world to know the gospel. We want all the world to know our God. That was not their view. Hmm. Their view was we own God. He is his. He's not yours. The people. Yeah. So Jesus saying in chapter eight, verse 10, truly, I tell you with no one in Israel, have I found such faith? I tell you, many will come from East and West and recline at the table, that's people who are not Jews, who are not from Israel, uh, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. Let's listen to this. Yikes, that sounds okay. so backwards. People are probably getting really mad. So if you're listening in the United States, imagine me going out and saying, you know who's going to be hanging out with George Washington and Abraham Lincoln in heaven? The dudes from Iran. <clears throat> you're going to be like, mm are you sure? <laughs> and then I'm going to double down and say, you know, who's not going to be there. You, all of you. Yeah. And you'll be like, what? Like I celebrate every July 4th. Like I, I literally shoot off fireworks in the backyard. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a good comparison. It's not, it's not, it's not completely. It's not there, completely but fair, it's but a good comparison. what Jesus is saying is pretty scandalous. So mm-hmm. they are definitely paying attention to him and they definitely do not like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun Bible nerd trivia. Um, chapter eight, verse 14. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. The fact that G- that Peter had a mother-in-law means he also had a Esposa. wife, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which she doesn't get a lot of press. I guess um, when we tend to think of Peter, we tend to think of him by himself, but he was married. And he had a mother-in-law. And he had a house, which you can go visit today. It's it's still there. Oh, yeah, we were there. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about the miracles of Jesus healing. So there are also other miracles that are in this chapter that are tucked, like, towards the end. The first is that Jesus is, like, showing his authority over nature. We talked a little bit mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also that he has this authority over like spiritual realms, which is crazy. So it's kind of cool how in this chapter alone, Matthew is touching on every single one of these like different realms and Jesus has complete authority in every single one of them. Also, 
when Jesus casts demons out of a man into a herd of pigs, that can tip you off to know these are not Jews either. Because Jews aren't allowed to eat pork, oh, so Jews don't raise pigs. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like we've so talked about that. So he goes, he goes across um, the lake. Basically, he this this demon possessed man comes out to him and is actually this says two demon possessed men came out with him. There's extra credit there that you can dig into if you want. Um, and he heals him and casts his demons into these pigs, and these pigs all run into the sea. Uh, this is, again, Jesus showing his power to people who are not Jews. Can you imagine if he had only done that within, um, like, only in Jewish circles, if he had only healed Jewish people, if he had only That's done these certain things? So it's like, it kind of is this weird way of Jesus saying, nope, it's not just this. It's not just this. It's all. I think that's pretty cool. And he does he does have this way of, like, pretty pretty being pretty laser focused on his mission, which is to the Jews first. Mm-hmm. Um, but he but, doesn't leave anybody out though but either. Especially those who are seeking him and showing belief in him, mm-hmm. um, which would have been very scandalous, honestly. So through this entire chapter now, we can see that Jesus has proved himself in his words, in his authority over like spiritual, physical realms, over nature itself. Uh, we've also seen Jesus fulfill prophecy after prophecy through even coming to earth. So overall, in every aspect at this point, Jesus has proven that God's kingdom has finally arrived. It's finally come. Um, And I I wonder what it was like to have finally realized that, like to have been in these crowds, like watching these things transpire, knowing all of those other pieces and being like, oh my word, this is the one, this is the guy. And like to have been able to make that realization was probably pretty amazing. Uh, And I wonder if there were still, I mean, I'm certain there were still skeptics too. And what that was like, what that, that feeling would have been like, and maybe where I would have landed as well. Like, hmm, I'm not sure. Or, well, this is amazing. It's interesting. And I think to wrap this up with your part, yesterday we talked about uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Maybe that was two days ago. Um, And we talked about like how important it is to trust uh, God for your provision. So here we have Jesus not only showing that he can provide, but also showing that he has authority over all things. So we can trust God to provide for us because he has authority over all things. And because he has authority over all things, um, he chose to come and be with us. And he made himself nothing. Philippians 2 talks about how he made himself of no reputation, Mm -hmm. uh, being a man so that he could give his life for us to serve us, not seeking his own uh, will, but the will of the Father. So we don't serve this like all-powerful, distant God. We serve this all-powerful, present God Mm -hmm. who desires relationship with us. And if we reject relationship with him, we come under judgment. Make no mistake about it. But when we are in relationship with him, he enjoys uh, caring for us. And he does, in fact, use his authority over all things to benefit us as his children. He is a good, loving father who cares for his children. So if you are sick, if your kids are sick, pray for your kids, pray for your sickness, ask God to heal you. Don't be afraid to do that. He is a loving father that wants to do things for you. If you, if you don't get healed immediately, don't freak out, uh, but don't not ask. So the your part for today is trust God to care for you in all circumstances because he will. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll be in Matthew chapter nine. 
We'll see you then. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Matthew chapter 8. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at a table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go. Let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken of the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me, and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tomb so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. 
So they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down a steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the cities, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email, and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you.